Welcome to episode 315 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast that is in possession of the Star Wars topper from Stern Pinball. It's a Sunday morning here in New York City on a President's Weekend, so hopefully most of you guys have tomorrow off to play more pinball. On this episode, we're going to talk about some pinball news. We're going to talk about the fact that Canada finally went to Sunshine Laundromat and played the Munsters. About 20 plays on the game. I'm going to give you my impressions on that game. And then I'm going to read some of your emails that you've sent into the show, okay? How's that sound for a little Sunday morning romp through the world of pinball? Where should we start? So here's where I want to start this episode. I want to start on one wish I have for this entire hobby. And I've been following this hobby now for three years And I've been in almost every single thread about new games and new ownership experiences. And I want to just ask every single manufacturer out there to do all of us a favor. Will all of you please send Cliffy, you know, the Cliff, the Cliffy like protective metal parts that save our games. Will you all send him your Whitewoods? in advance so that you can install them for us at the factory. Can we just all collectively protest this entire hobby until that becomes a normal practice? Because there's nothing more annoying than having to pull your game apart to put a metal protector on your game that could easily have been done at the factory. And the reason why I say that, thinking about things that could be done at the factory, I spent about two hours last night putting on the Bally Williams metal uh, cabinet brackets uh, onto my Batman. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, when Batman 66 first shipped, it didn't have anything really other than a piece of wood glued in uh, in the seam of the inside of the cabinet. And you can put the metal Bally Williams brackets there that just give it a lot more support. I've always wanted to do it because I won't lie, I've been very nervous about uh, cabinet splitting on my game. And I, I, that's the last thing I would want is a cabinet to split on a $15,000 Batman. I'll tell you this, it wasn't too hard to put those brackets in once I learned a really important lesson. Because someone just said, do one leg at a time, and, and I shit you not, I'm going to be honest, I took off the front right leg and I realized after the fact is you don't have to completely take the bolt completely off the game and take the leg off. All you have to do is unscrew it enough to get the bracket that's inside there off. And the fucking game almost fell over. I shit you not. It started to fall over to the right and I literally did like a, a, a dive, a slow motion Jerry Brockheimer dive to save the game from falling over and I caught it. And I like completely like tore my finger open a little bit. Uh, but then I realized I don't have to take the leg completely off. I know, so stupid, so bonehead. But that's the thing about working on pinball games. Unless you've done some of this stuff before, I've never installed metal you know, cabinet brackets on a game. I also don't have one of those lifts you know, that you can lift up the game on, one of the jacks, I don't even, you know, the dollies that can hold the game up while you work on it, I don't have shit, I have have like a socket 
thing that fits all the different sockets and I have screwdrivers and stuff like that. I, I have a soldering iron I really don't know how to use. I'm pretty much a neophyte when it comes to this stuff. Now, I get all the brackets in, I put all the screws in. Thank you to Pinball Life. If you haven't done this, it's really easy. Pinball Life sells all the parts you need. Uh, it was only like 25 bucks to put everything in. The whole time I was doing it, I was like, man, I just wish Stern would have done this from the factory. Now, I think they now put these metal cabinet brackets in the game from the factory. So you're all good moving forward with Stern games. But here's what I love about Pinball. And here's what I, and I know it's like I love and I hate it. The, the, I, I get everything in, I go to turn the game on, and the start button doesn't work. And I'm like, fuck, really? What happened here? And I had to like unscrew the start button, take it out. I did a switch test, it was working. And then the light in the start button stopped working. And I've never seen something like pinball before where sometimes just jiggling something makes it work. It's so weird. It's like, you know, you're, you're jiggling the connection, you're moving it around, and then all of a sudden everything comes back to life and you're good to go. So I get the start button working, and then I close the game up, and then all of a sudden the Penn Stadium lights aren't going on, and I have no idea why. And I, then I lift up the cabinet, and literally lifting the playfield, sorry, not the cabinet, the playfield, lifting the playfield up just like an inch or half, the lights go on immediately. And I'm like, what the, why? But then when I go to lower the playfield, the lights turn off. And I'm like, I don't understand pinball and, and pinball fixes. It's just such a weird head-scratching thing. Uh, I, I And then I just moved the Penn Stadium connection, and I double-sided taped it to the back of the cabinet and now it works i, I re reset all the connectors now it works fine i that's pinball every day you don't have to check under the hood of a game is a really good game and sorry a really good day for pinball oh god anyway all right let's move on so i want to talk about some some things going on with manufacturers then i'll give you my impressions of the monsters and then we'll talk about your mail american pinball did you see this? There's a thread that says uh, Houdini nosedive, and that is because the prices of Houdini are now sinking really quickly. So a used one went up for sale for $5,000. Here's one that's even crazier. A new in-box Houdini that's never been opened is for sale for $6,000 or best offer, and it's still for sale. And I think this is just indicative of where we are it's like you, the game is either great and either is in demand or it's going to lose value quickly sooner than it ever has before and that is where we are with pinball you either get it right or i think you're going to be in in the bargain bin pretty quickly all right and i think houdini is finding itself there pretty fast uh so lots of people have been talking to me sort of through chatting and texting about the next four themes that are registered for American Pinball. And I'll say this, out of all the four themes, it seems that Sherlock Holmes is the one that is rising to the top. But I'm also hearing from a lot of people that they just think all four of these themes are going to flop. And I mean, I don't know. What, what, what do you think? Do you think all of them are kind of bad for pinball? Uh, it doesn't seem like any of them are, are, are like, oh my God, take my money now. Yes, we've been waiting for this. And I do think that American Pinball needs to figure this out. They, they, they just can't guess at these themes like this. And it's, 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 it's kind of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know what to tell them to do. I mean, I do think they should 
They need to find their TNA. They need to find a game that they know people are excited about and do a small run of something that's maybe been making the rounds at shows. I know games like Nightmare Before Christmas come up all the time. I'm not even going to speculate on whether or not The Big Lebowski is a game they could go grab. I think they need to find something that people really want. And I just don't know. Here we go. Two games in a row where I just don't think they've hit the theme out of the park in terms of like what people want. And again, this is not my show creating a problem for them. You're the customer. It, ultimately, people's demand will, um, you know, will be the reality for these companies. It's not what I say. It, it's it's literally what you feel about these games, and it's 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 you guys. And and, and if the themes don't excite you, you're not going to want to buy it. And and that's just where we're at in pinball. All right, so. Let's talk a little bit about home pin. So not much going on in the home pin world other than something I saw that I'll, I'll just touch on. I don't know. This is a rumor that Highway Pinball, their distributor out there in Australia, sort of wants nothing to do anymore with making the original pre-order customers holder. They want to wash their hands clean of this whole debacle. I, I don't know if that's true or not. It's hard now because you can't go to Aussie Arcade Forum to to read about what's going on with those owners because I think those threads have been sort of banned from going up. So uh, I don't know. I really don't think HomePin is going to – I can't see them succeeding. With all this stuff coming out, how far down the ladder are they in terms of a pinball company that's going to make it? Let's be honest, all right? All right, Jersey Jack Pinball, if you are a owner of The Hobbit – you should probably check out the Hobbit thread. There's just a lot of good discussion around Smaug and maintenance on him and his long-term reliability. Some people are having issues with their Smaug. Um, his, his mouth seems to either not move or stay open and you have to recalibrate him. So just a lot of good information in there if you're having any issues with him. I saw some owners were like, mine's been dead for a year. And so, you know, look, that game very much revolves around him talking and it's a very cool feature in the game. So if you have a Hobbit, I would go check out that thread because you might learn something on how to maybe repair yours. All right. Now, look, we are 100% accurate on our assessment of what's next with Jersey Jack Pinball. It is going to be Yellow Brick Road, uh, Wizard of Oz. I know that for a fact. Uh, I know people who have seen it. And guess what? It has yellow armor on it. I, I can't get confirmation yet on whether the art has changed on the game. And I also don't know what features have changed in the game but it will have yellow armor shocker right uh what else is you know will it have a new topper though probably because you can't you can't just make it the 75th anniversary ruby red is is that is that theme so yellow brick road should be different all right so then uh what else is going on at jjp so so look it's also confirmed that Willy Wonka is next that is happening it is not going to be Toy Story uh it is also confirmed that Pirates of the Caribbean will cease production in March. Now, I want to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean because I've been reading this thread and part of me is just like, man, some of you guys who own this game, you are so high up on it that it almost it almost borders on you're either completely drinking the Kool-Aid or maybe you are right and it's the greatest game of all time, the best game ever. But I, when I hear that kind of exaggerated sort of hyperbole review of this game, 
I have to sort of play a little bit of, of devil's advocate because, again, I played it again a lot yesterday at Sunshine, and I do look forward uh, to spending time with a listener from the show. We're going to go there, and we're going to play it. He's going to tell me why it's so special. But here's the thing. I, I think there's something going on at Jersey Jack that a lot of the pirates of the Caribbean owners just don't want to admit, and it's this. There's a reason why Pirates of the Caribbean production is stopping in March. And it's pretty obvious what that reason is. The reason is, is that they don't want to order more parts for the game. They don't want to make more pirates. All right. So Jack learned a really important lesson with The Hobbit. And this is the truth. This is what happened. They over-ordered parts on The Hobbit. So they, they expected the demand to be greater than it really was. And then they have all these Hobbit parts sitting in the factory, probably worth maybe even a few million dollars, and the demand for the game just isn't there. And so then what happens is they get, they get fucked because they can't make enough games to use those parts because there's no buyers and there's no distributors placing new orders. And so, you know, they tried to do the Black Arrow Edition, but we all know you can still go find Black Arrow Edition new in-box Hobbits just sitting, just sitting at distributors. Uh, so they they made a business decision that the smartest thing to do would be not to order more Pirates parts and let's move on. Let's run all the remaining Waz parts and get them out, right? So that's what they're doing. They're going to they're gonna run 250 Wizard of Oz Yellow Brick Road editions, and that's to clear the factory from all the Waz parts. And then they are going to start Willy Wonka production, and those will be the parts that are ordered for Willy Wonka. See, the thing with Jack is this, and this is why I think people really like Jersey Jack Pinball games, is Jersey Jack Pinball you know, for better or worse, maybe this is a dumb business decision, but they don't recycle their parts a lot. You don't open up a Jersey Jack new game and see a lot of the same parts that you saw from a previous game. And we know that other manufacturers out there do go back to the parts bin much more uh, than Jersey Jack does because it's just, it's better business to do it that way, but it doesn't make for more original pinball. I mean, you have to look no further than even Oktoberfest. Why are we seeing in Oktoberfest the same mechanism that is the Houdini stage in Oktoberfest? Like why? Because they clearly spent a lot of money R&Ding that part and they probably didn't make as many Houdinis as they would have liked. We see Stern do this all the time with their ramps and other parts of the game. You know, it's, it's coming from uh, R&D that happened on other games and they're reusing it. And so, look, I mean, it's it's good business to do it that way, but I think Jack doesn't want to get burned. And imagine this, like they, they order, you know, you have to put in bulk orders to get the prices down on these parts. And so is Jack really going to order another 500 parts for the, the, you know, the upper play field or the rocking ship or the treasure chest? How does, you know, he has to really look at the reality of the orders, okay? So, so here's why... I have to refute something that I keep hearing in the Pirates of the Caribbean thread. And that is, it's the best game ever. It's the greatest game of all time. And I know it's not everybody saying that. But here's here's just something I just can't get over. All right? And I'm wondering, just, I, just, I just don't understand why people keep saying this. I think Pirates of the Caribbean is an incredible pinball game from a pinball standpoint. And by that, I mean it's a fresh 
It's pretty fresh layout. It has one of the most amazing upper play fields. It's got unique shots. Okay, from a very, just a, just a pinball, fresh thinking approach, Pirates of the Caribbean brings a lot of fresh thinking to the table. I, I don't think anyone would deny that. They were very ambitious with some of the mechanisms that didn't work out. We all know that story. Uh, and, and it's got great music. It's got a great light show. I think the experience of playing this game is very visceral. And that's why people who, who step in front of one that are used to playing mostly Stearns and older 90s games, uh, there's just something that raises the bar. And I, I think every single Jersey Jack game does that to a certain extent. But, there, and this is a big but, the lack of assets in this game the way the people who love this game sort of brush that under the rug is just ridiculous. You can't do that. You can't just say, well, you don't even need the assets because it's such a great game. That's such bullshit. I'll tell you why it's bullshit. Pinball has always been and will always be designed to bring a theme to life under glass. And if you're a fan of that theme, okay, the things that you're a fan of should be present in the pinball experience. They shouldn't be distant or even, or not even there. I mean, think about it. How many Batman 66s would have sold if there were no clips from the show? How how many Hobbits would have sold if there were no Hobbit clips? How How would that experience be? I mean, Hobbit, I think Hobbit is probably the greatest theme integration almost ever in pinball when you look at the way they've integrated the movie into the game and and batman 66 there are like five thousand video clips when people deconstruct the code updates there's almost five thousand video clips from batman that are used in different ways throughout the game no wonder it took lime in two years and when you look at pirates the absence of these things it's just i don't know how you ignore it and here's why because imagine if you're a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan and you love the movies, you love all the, you know, the jokes from Jack Sparrow and you love all the scenes that are that are comical and you go play Pirates of the Caribbean pinball and it's got this big screen and then you get nothing from Jack Sparrow. There's not one call out from Jack Sparrow. There's not one clip. He's the main character. And this whole notion that you can base a game on a property and leave out the main character, their call outs, their memorable moments from that franchise. That is so inane to me. Yeah, let's let's make Toy Story and leave out Buzz and Woody. Okay, we, we just don't have permission to use them, but we can still make a Toy Story game. And again, you can. You can make a pinball machine be like that. But there's no way you can say it's one of the greatest pinball experiences of all time because you're not you're not looking at it through the lens of Pirates of the Caribbean. You're just looking at it through the lens of it's a pirate theme game based on Pirates of the Caribbean that actually has a lot of depth to it. And I know the reasons why you love the game, but I think to ignore the reasons why it's not selling is 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 a little ignorant. It, it, I think that's the right way to say it. And and I think there's a reason why. They're not going to make many more of these games. And it's a hard pill to swallow because the sales aren't there. And if they were there, if they were there, um, they would keep making this game. Why would they stop? And here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I want everyone, I want to ask a few questions of, of people out there who, who absolutely love this game. Okay? All right. Why was the person behind the asset deal 
for Pirates of the Caribbean. Why was that person fired from Jersey Jack Pinball? All right. Why has Jersey Jack decided to stop production? Why haven't more people ordered this game if it's as great as you guys say it is? Okay. You can still go buy an LE and a collector's edition today. They are available in box today to ship tomorrow to you if you wanted one. Why aren't they being gobbled up as fast as uh, as Stern games are gobbled up, right? If, if it's the best game ever, why not? Is it because people just don't like the theme? Is it because the mechanisms were removed? Is it because they're waiting for Willy Wonka? So here's the thing. There's only one group of people that really know if this is the best Jersey Jack can do, if this is the greatest Jersey Jack machine ever, if this is the best pinball experience ever. The only people that really can understand uh, if Jersey Jack can do better than this, let me tell you who that is. It's the people at Jersey Jack. And they know what's coming. And they're going to invest in Wonka because they know that there's going to be more demand for Wonka. They must feel that Wonka has a better chance of being the sales hit. And they know what is in Wonka, a Pat Lawler designed game based upon a theme that people love. With all of the assets people are going to want, it is going to feel like you are playing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. All of your favorite movie clips will be there. All of your favorite actors will be there. All of your favorite callouts will be there. All right, it's going to embarrassingly make Pirates of the Caribbean look devoid of being a Pirates of the Caribbean integrated pinball experience, okay? And, and here's what's gonna happen too, because this is the other thing. For a lot of guys who have Pirates of the Caribbean who are saying like, well, the value is gonna skyrocket. It's gonna go up in price. It's not, and here's why. And I know this is like, again, this is another thing that it's just these guys want this to be the case. The only way Pirates of the Caribbean would increase in value significantly is if one thing happened, is if Jersey Jack Pinball goes out of business tomorrow and they stop making pins, and this is, you know, this is it. Then every Jersey Jack pinball machine would start to be looked at differently and be more desirable because they're not making any more, okay? But that's not the case. In fact, what's about to happen now is I think they're about to make better games, and I think we're going to see it in Willy Wonka. I think we're going to see it in Toy Story. I think we're going to see it in Guns N' Roses. I think we're going to see three mega hits from this company, and I think Pirates of the Caribbean is going to go down as a game that was a miss because of all of the theme integration problems they had. And look, if you think this isn't just me saying that, Jack also and company thinks that the deal sucked. That's why they fired the guy who did the deal. That's why they woke up and said, we can't launch Toy Story without the right assets. And that's why they went back and renegotiate it for those assets. Do you understand that? Like Jack, they realized that this game sort of came out when the, when the, the CEO who was let go, when he was, he was making the decisions that led to this Pirates of the Caribbean game and they fired him because of it, okay? All right. He also, I think, overordered like Hobbit parts. Like his reign is gone. And I think this is a new era for Jersey Jack Pinball. And I think that's why Pirates of the Caribbean it's, it's almost like when a, 
Remember when there was like the movie, the, the, the writer strike in Hollywood? It's like, it's going to be like that. It's like this, when you see, I think, I think when you see what Wonka and Toy Story bring to the table, I think it's going to be glaringly apparent that something just was awry when they made Pirates of the Caribbean. And it'll be a game that some of you will consider to be amazing and the best ever, but I don't think it's going to hold up over time once you see what comes out from Jersey Jack Pinball. But again, I'm going to go play it again. I played it more this weekend. I, I, I still, you know, I still like just don't, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how my mind will be completely changed when I play the game. And I, 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 I look forward to it. All right. Okay. So was that enough about that? And look, here's the thing though. I just want to say this in, in closing on JJP. Then I want to give you my Munster's impression. I'm happy that a lot of you are loving this game. All right. I've said it before and I said it again. Pirates of the Caribbean is it absolutely embarrasses any Stern LE that it, that costs the same amount of money. It does. It, there is a lot in this game, and you you still feel like you're getting a very premium pinball experience. And when I look at sort of Batman LE next to Monsters LE next to Deadpool LE next to Iron Maiden LE, all these games, they yes, they they are the best version of the Stern game. But when you look at them next to Pirates of the Caribbean, or like a dialed in, it is incredible. It is almost unfathomable how these games almost cost the same amount of money. And I think Pirates of the Caribbean does give you an incredible pinball experience. I mean, the sound is better, the lights are better, the mechanisms are better. Everything just feels like it's reaching higher uh, than what you're getting with Stern LEs. All right. Okay. And that's it, you know? Will they be remade? You know, the jury's out on that. They're not saying they're never going to make them again. But I just think once the new hits are out, people are not going to look back and say, hey, make me more Pirates of the Caribbeans. I just don't think that's going to happen, all right? All right, so Stern Pinball. Let's talk about Stern Pinball and the Munsters. So I went to the Sunshine, and I played the Munsters. I put about 15 to 20 games on the machine, and I want to give you my impressions. Now, here's the thing. If you've been to Sunshine... They have a little bit of everything. They have all the classic Bally Williams games. They've got everything from Lord of the Rings LE, Metallica LE. They have Deadpool. They have they have, they have Supreme. They have Beatles. They have Pirates of the Caribbean from Jersey Jack. Uh, they've got Tales of the Arabian Nights. Uh, did I say Iron Maiden LE? They, they have so much. They have Iron Man. They have Tron. It's it's Star Wars. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Every it's almost like they've got thirty machines. And they are the 30 machines you'd want to play, right? Everything from Twilight Zone, and they're all there. And what I love about going there is when I go there, it, it's great because you actually feel like you're going to a miniature pinball show. And all the greatest games of, of today and yesteryears are sort of represented, and they're in good shape. You know, this isn't like a place you go and the games are beat up and features aren't working. I'm Peter, who runs the, the joint, takes really good care of the games. Uh, he does set them up to be difficult, which I do think is a bit of a problem when you want to give your first impressions on a pinball machine. He always raises the outlane post, which is annoying because each play is a dollar. And so he sets them up hard. And the tilts are, are very, very sensitive. So when you're trying to get your first impression of a game, and it's made even harder than the factory thinks it should be, you have to take that into consideration. So you might get frustrated, but it's not really the 
designer's fault. It's the location that's just trying to milk some more money from you. So keep that in mind. So what did I think of the Munsters pinball? Yes, it looks great. It's Christopher Franchi's artwork is really nice for pinball. I have no issues with the artwork. I think the artwork universally has been applauded as, as looking really good. And that's great. But I'm also at a point now where we've seen a lot of good-looking pinball machines in a row from Stern, from other manufacturers. I'm starting to just feel like great art is par for the, for the course in pinball. It, it is no longer enough of a reason to buy a pinball machine. I just think all of them, for what they cost, should have great art. The shots are fine. I, I, I enjoyed uh, shooting the game. The ramps are, are really rewarding to hit. Uh, the orbit is, is a really fun, satisfying shot. I didn't really have any sort of like issues with the way the game shot. I, I thought it had good flow. I thought it was really fast. Uh, I, I, there are some brutal outlane drains on the right side. I didn't notice that. The, it, you kind of got to keep the ball away from the right outlane. Uh, so, you know, as far as like a, a game that has flow, it has flow. Uh, you know, the other, it's not, it, and it's easy to trap the ball. It's, it's, it's more of a, to me, it was more of a flowy game than a, than a stop and go game. Uh, the ramps are really cool. I do love the the left and right ramp. I, I think they both do something differently. The right ramp has that nice, like, it just loops over on itself, which is really interesting. Uh, and then the left one goes around to the back of the game. And, you know, very fast, though. Very fast action on the ramps. So here's the thing. I enjoyed the game. I If I had to describe what, it, what my thoughts were after playing it for 20 plays... I, I I think it's this. I I think the game is fine. F I N E fine. I didn't ha I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't absolutely get blown away by anything in it. Uh, I thought it was just a good, you know, game. And again, I you know I I I almost said the word like fun. Like I had fun playing every game. Uh, but to me, it's not about just that. I mean, come on. Like let's let's be honest with ourselves for a minute. Is this a game? that is bringing anything new to the table. And that's sort of where I'm at with pinball these days is I when I jump on a machine like this, the first thing I'm asking myself is, well, what's new here? Like what's original? Yeah, the ramps are a little bit different, but ramps are ramps are ramps. Uh, is there anything happening in this game that feels tremendously new, innovative, and completely like fresh thinking made its way into this game? And I, I have to say that I just don't feel that from this game. You know, the, you know when Iron Maiden came out, and, and it, it definitely felt like there was fresh thinking that went into Iron Maiden. It felt like the layout was completely unique. You know, the pops weren't always where the pops are. The ramps weren't always where the ramps are. The, there was more flippers in the game than are normally in a game. You know, it just felt like a completely new approach to a pinball layout. And I think when you play Monsters... You're not going to get that. You know, you've got your two ramps, you've got your scoop, you've got your orbits, and you've got your kick out on, you know, the Dr Dracula shot on the left side. There's just not anything completely original. You got the magnet that grabs the ball or zings the ball around in front of Herman. And that's about, you know, that's it. Like, there's nothing that's like completely original. And look, this was a pro version. So there wasn't the lower play field. And I could hear people already being like, but that's what the whole point of the premium LE is, is the lower play field. And I get it. And I will put time on that when, when it's available. I haven't been able to find one. Um, so I think the game is like, it's just, it's, it's fine. I, it didn't move me either way. The, the thing that it didn't do uh, when I played it 
is it didn't really pull me in with the code. And and I read on the on the on the on the game card how to play it. You collect the characters. You collect. You sort of boost them. Uh, you're you're supposed to be building up your jackpots. The zap bar, the zap button on the lockdown bar was just a little confusing to me. It, it almost felt like you're always canceling the jackpot, and you cancel it to build up the jackpot to then cash it in. And I don't know how I feel about that. It just kind of feels like you're 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 doing all this. You're you're, you're doing negatives to get to a positive. You're sort of uh, not now, not now, not now, not now, not now. Okay, now, like it's just really strange to me. You know, it's like it's almost like wheel of fortune. You keep spinning the wheel until the, you get more and more money, and then you don't want to like go bankrupt. I get it. I get the approach, but I just didn't find that very fun. To, that being the way the game is like structured from a code standpoint. Um, you collect the characters. I will say this: the 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 one the big targets for Lily and and the Dracula, uh, yeah. There's just no way around it. It's just they're not rewarding to hit. It's just it's they're so big and it, it. There's something about hitting individual targets that just makes it much more satisfying. You know, it's because it's it's more satisfying to aim for the letter you need when you're spelling a name. It's much more satisfying to see drop targets happen. I mean, imagine the Beatles, instead of like those drop targets, you had just like one whole bank that said fab and one whole bank that said four and any hit anywhere on that target would register. How boring and unsatisfying that would feel. So that's the thing is we, we, we're at a point now where I'm just, I'm having a hard time doing these impressions for you. Because I, I can already I can already hear people being like, well, you didn't play it enough, and and you should play it more. And I, and I always feel like there's this pressure where I don't want to be negative about pinball machines all the time, or and I don't think I am, but I also just think we're getting to a point now where I'm just feeling a lot of parody and repetition in these games, and I I step away from them and I just ask myself, how could anyone like play this and feel the desire to have to own it? And, and that's just, that's me being honest with you because when you're spending this kind of money, there are so many great games that I think do more unique stuff and have more uh, fun stuff going on in the game that you could also buy for the same amount of money. I, I just don't understand like how you wake up and you're like, well, this is this, I need to have this game now. Uh, and, and, and that's that's sort of just where I'm at. I, I, and especially when you're at a place like Sunshine, when you can jump around different machines, it's even more glaringly apparent uh, what the better buys are. And I'll say this, and maybe I shouldn't have done this, but basically three feet behind the Munsters was a Lord of the Rings LE at Sunshine. And I, I, I mean, I kid you not, one game on that machine just exposed really just how barren and sparse these new games are and and i mean from every single standpoint from there's just so many more interesting shots in lord of the rings there's just so much more interaction between the ball and the toys there's just so much better like call outs going on you and you kind of know what's going on with the game without all this lcd stuff and that's the other thing too when i was playing monsters there's just so many points on the screen where, where the font sizes were just way too small and, and they kept using different fonts. It just felt really sloppy to me. I don't need a lot. 
I, I don't want to read a lot of words. I don't understand what's happening when you get to the Dracula part and there's like, there's like, it's like, it's like a PowerPoint slide bulleting out all these different things and I'm just confused and I don't know why and I don't know what I need to read. And some of the text is just way too small to be up on a screen like that. Uh, in fact, the now that Stern has this LCD, the, the text should be even bigger than it was during the DMD era, but it's actually a lot of times smaller. They're trying to cram more stuff on, so you actually it's harder to read what's on a bigger screen, right? And that makes no sense to me, and I think they're still trying to figure this out. But that's my take is like I think the Munsters is fine. I, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's bad. I just don't see what's so magical about it. And am I wrong in wanting to expect something completely fresh and something new from every new pinball game? Uh, and and let, let's take Herman, for example. I mean, we've seen Stern in the past. Herman, his his behavior, his behavior on the show was he's always like smashing his arms up and down like in his little bit of his hissy fit, right? Why doesn't the Herman toy on the game raise his arms up and down the way the Incredible Hulk did in Avengers? Why? why, why it, he's just statically there. He doesn't move at all. And I, I'm sorry, but... I get maybe on the pro they didn't have an animated Herman, but on an LE or premium, the fact just that motion of him his arms going up and down when you shoot him or when the ball's on the magnet would add such a dynamic to the game. And instead, the only place we see him, you know, doing his Herman smash is on the LCD. And and again, I think that is indicative of where we are. Is is so much of of the magic is up on the screen now. And then what happens because of that is we are judging these games solely. The most important thing now that we're that we're judging a game and the experience is all about the code. And is the code doing what I want it to do? And I think when that happens, we've so we're sort of all losing. I I, I do I believe this. Like it, it shouldn't just be about that. But it is. That's where we are today. The, the pinball is now software. It is 100% the most important thing happening in a pinball game. It's no longer physical. It's digital. It's the software. It's And 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 I don't like that. I do like that, you know, in Pirates of the Caribbean, there's more physical stuff on the game that than there is like, you know, and there's a lot of software, but there's they, they, they try to put a lot more physical stuff. I mean, looking at Dialed In, it's the epitome of like, oh my God, there's so much physical stuff in that game. Which, which I love. I want more games like that. And I, I, I know we haven't seen a game recently that sort of did both. We, we really haven't. We haven't seen a game recently that had the right amount of physical and the right amount of digital working together harmoniously. That's really what I'm waiting for in this hobby is where is the game that gives me the toys and the depth that I want with the theme that I want. That, that's, that's what I'm waiting to spend my money on. And so then the question becomes is like, well, then, you know, I, I just know a lot of guys who bought Monsters LE without ever playing it. And, and it's a head scratcher. It's a real head scratcher because how do you know you're going to like it? And for a lot of these guys, it is important that these games have depth and the code is really entertaining and they're going to enjoy it for a long period of time. And look at the early reviews from a lot of very seasoned players. I think the code is going to be a lot more simplistic uh, than than these gentlemen want. Now, that being said, the game is not really long ball times. It's still a hard game. 
And so, you know, if the game shoots hard and the code is simpler, you know, there might be some some balancing on that works there, right? If it, again, why not? You know, I mean, is is the code super deep in TNA? No, but because TNA is really difficult and fast, so it doesn't need very complex code. So a little bit of that is going on in the Munsters, I think. You're not going to see extremely long ball times. Um, so that's where I'm at. And and man, I, even as I talk about this stuff, I hope I'm not sounding like I'm Debbie Downer. I'm I'm just really hopeful that in 2019, I think we're on the verge of a fresh thinking in pinball. And I hope we can see a company that that brings fresh thinking to the table also be profitable and also figure out how to manufacture and get us these machines. I mean, we all know Stern's got the manufacturing down, but are they bringing that fresh thinking that is just the magic of pinball to us? I don't know. I don't know. And again, I think if you love the Munsters as a theme, um, you will enjoy this game a lot. I think some of you out there, everything is fun, so that's cool. Uh, I, I, for, I, for one, just don't, I, I just didn't walk away from this machine being like, I need to own this. I, I think you, I would have a, a lot more fun with just like an Iron Man or Metallica or Lord of the Rings. There's just a lot of games you could buy that are of similar price. All right. Now, speaking of Monsters LE though, so one shipped out and here's, I just need, I need to bring this up before I read your mail. One shipped out and the lockdown bar on the Monsters LE, the black on the lockdown bar does not match the black on the side armor. And I just wanted to call this out because this is the first LE that I've seen shipped to the public. And I really hope that this isn't the case on all of the LEs that go out. But it went to that, I think it's like Helicon Brewing Company. I really hope that all of you who just paid $9,000, your armor matches. And I don't know how that left the factory. I don't know who thought that was acceptable. But I don't know if that's going to plague every game or this is just the first batch of lockdown bars. But someone stood over that game and said, this is our first LE going to a customer. These don't, this doesn't match up. And the game was still put in box and shipped to a customer. And maybe the customer wanted it before the lockdown bar was available. I don't know. See, I don't know the full story. But I'm just hoping that you guys who went all in on your $9,000 LE, you don't have to then spend extra money getting your armors to sync up the color correctly. For this much money, these things should be mint and you shouldn't have to change anything. And I think for $9,000, the game should come included with a topper. I, I, I'm Again, I'm just saying there's a lot of money. Put these $9,000 Sterns next to $9,000 Jack Jersey Jack machines. You should get more and the kitchen sink All right, in these games. All right, let me read some of your mail, and then we'll call it a day. How's that sound? Sorry, guys. All right, so I got an email from Brian. First of all, Brian Albert, I, I love that you send me voice reactions to my shows. Love it. I, you sent me a seven-minute one. I can't I can't do that. I'm, I can't air it on this episode either because I'm not going to – I'm not going to, I don't want to spend my time. Here's the deal. I don't want to spend my time editing your feedback because that, that puts work on my shoulders. You know the deal. If you want to give me feedback, it has to be short and to the point and two to three minutes at most. Okay. You're going to learn your lesson because I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to spend my time editing seven minutes of a guest 
telling me something. I, it might be the smartest thing you've ever said, but I'm not doing it. All right, I got an email from RCD, and the subject is your new master. Hey, man, a quick note to say, keep up the good work. I've been listening since day one, and lately you have hit your stride. You obviously know how to take constructive and non-constructive criticism, and your delivery has improved because of it. I think it's just my mic that's improved. Uh, but consistently delivering compelling content, you are building a loyal fan base. I don't always agree with your opinions or how stridently you repeat them ad nauseum, but we appreciate your willingness to hear the other side and even sometimes change your mind. I listened to a few other podcasts and for the most part, can't stand the bland fanboy tournament talk, except for the boys down under. I fast forward the tournament talk, but they usually make me chuckle. Lately, they have really turned me off with the we don't care about the twippies and it's just a popularity contest, blah, 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 no shit. Don't let the fake news crybaby losers detract from your Twippy victory. You will win because you are not afraid to say what's on your mind. Don't change now. It's funny how this Twippy controversy has paralleled all the BS happening in U.S. politics. Well, let me just stop there for a moment. So let's just see what happens in the Twippies. You know, everyone had a chance to to ask their listeners to vote for them. Nobody rigged the Twippies. I didn't pay any money for Twippy votes. Uh, I, I think it was really hard for me to hear Jeff Thielis go on head to head. And I was really disappointed by what he said. And I was really disappointed by what Marty said about if you listen to them, it, it literally Marty says, well, it's already been decided, you know, whoever's the most, you know, whoever gets the most listens is the most popular in pinball. And he says that and he's referring to the fact that he feels like he is the most popular pinball they have the most popular pinball podcast because they have the numbers to prove it. And that's that. And that that's 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 all that matters. But that's not how it works. It's just not how life works. It's not how any of this works. Uh, there is a difference between people tuning in and listening to luminaries in, in the pinball hobby being interviewed because people want to hear from them. They want to hear what they have to say. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people out there think you're the most popular or, or they're the most, uh, you know, that you have the best show. You know, last time I checked, you know, best movies aren't selected uh, because of the box office numbers. Uh, they're selected because, you know, there's a panel of people. And look, there's a panel, but there's, it was voting. Everyone knew the way the system worked. And I think it was really unfair to Jeff, to Greg, to Zach, to all the people who worked really hard to put this together and are still working really hard to put this together. I thought it was really unfair how uh, that podcast recently has undermined all their hard work, shits on the whole thing, and then later on tries to do a mea copa saying that they care. Like, which one is it? And I don't think they've ever been fully straightforward and direct with any of us. And it's it's a shame. And it's a shame. And, and this show is always been completely straightforward with you that I do care about the Twippies. I do love the fact that you listen to this show and I hope you vote for me. And isn't that just like more natural to just to be honest? Like, why would I crap on the only thing we have that is recognition happens once a year? And why would I say that it's not important? And I don't do this show to win, but it is important to me that, uh, uh, we at least have a good showing in an award show. 
And I, it just, it's so silly to, and to crap on it like that. And I just, again, I think a lot of people are working really hard on it. And, and I think that that show they put up was very, very calculated. It was very calculated. I mean, Jeff Thielis's commentary on it, listen to it. He makes it sound like he, he wasn't, he didn't want to talk about it. He's like, oh, you're a dick, you know, Marty, for bringing up. He, he knew exactly what he was going to say. It was very calculated. It was also very calculated that Ryan then comes on the show pretending to be Brian. It was all very calculated. And, 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 and I don't think this show does any of that sort of weird sort of spin in a calculated way to push some agenda that we're not being honest about. I think we were very honest about it. And, and I'll just leave it at that. All right. Okay. He then goes on to say in this email, on a lighter note, I had an idea for an original theme. I think a classical period music theme pin would be great if done right. It's an open IP and could be highly stylized with great music and Matt Andrews art. You could get really creative with a storyline. Create an alternate timeline where Bach, Mozart, and Beethoven must team up to fight alien invaders that hate classical music. Collect the great pieces and build a symphony to explode their heads. Anyways, I'm a little bit, uh, a little different, so I don't know if anyone else would go for that. I love Houdini and Phantom of the Opera with such a cool pin. I'm sick and tired of the typical layout, cookie cutter, TV show, movie, comic book, rock band appeal to the lowest common denominator pin. Keep calm and carry on your new master. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I don't, I don't think a classical pin would sell. I think what would be really cool is if they made Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, because then you could get all that cool Beethoven music into that pin in a fun way. I also think that Broadway shows would make for great pinball experiences, because I think when we think about family-friendly themes that the wife and the kids would love to have in the house, why don't we have more Broadway pinball? And Phantom of the Opera would be amazing. The, the Andrew Lloyd Webber one. I mean, can you imagine the toys and the layout and the art of a Phantom of the Opera pinball machine? It would be epic. I know it, it would be expensive to make, but it'd be so worth it uh, because the music's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. All right, let me go on. I got an email from doo -doo -doo, Michael Peterson. He says, hey, um, Kaneda, I'm a big fan of the show. I've been in the hobby a couple of years, just started listening to your podcast about a month ago. How about a show topic on how official pinball tournaments work? Strikes, format, I want to enter one, but I have no clue how they work. Also, how about explaining pinball playing tips, tricks to improve pinball skills? Thanks, brother. Keep up the good work. Mike, did someone put you up to this to, to ask me to cover the two things that I never talk about on this show? This is not a show about pinball tournaments. This is not a show about strategy on how to get to higher score in pinball. I'll tell you why it's not that show. Because every other pinball podcast does that for the most part. Uh, there are plenty of things out there. I would recommend this, though. If you want to know how tournaments work, uh, I would look at you know, YouTube and Twitch streams of pinball. Uh, but for the most part, here's what I know about how tournaments typically work. You enter a tournament. You are scheduled when to play. You play against someone else, and you're all playing against like the same four or five machines. And then you go on if you if you beat that person, right? Isn't that how it works? I think so. I don't even know. Maybe it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I know so little about pinball tournaments. All I know is this. I see people playing pinball tournaments when I'm at shows, and I always feel bad for them because so much of their time is spent in the tournament, and I think they miss out on so much of the, of the 
rest of the show, which is so much fun. But, uh, you know, for tournament players who love it, they love it. So I, I'm just the last person to ask about pinball tournaments and tips and tricks. Here, Here's a good tip and trick. Um, dead flip the ball, cradle it when you can, and learn to line up your shots. And you'll love pinball. All right, let's go on to, to do Sunshine and Pirates. I got an email from... C. Rodney, um, he says, Chris, I know you said you would be joining another listener at Sunshine in March to play Pirates. He's going to be in town as well. He was asking if we could go together on Sunday, March 3rd to all learn this game together. Rodney, let me see if we can make that happen. Uh, It would be nice. The more the merrier. I think we should get a whole group of people who are sour on Pirates of the Caribbean, and we should all march in there determined to figure out how this game could possibly be the greatest game of all time. Because we, on, on our own, we've unsuccessfully been able to feel that about the game. But together, we will learn what makes it so special. I can't wait. I love the fact that you actually need someone to explain to you what makes the game so great. But that's just where we are. Oh, let's see. Got an episode from, let's see, again, I think from Michael Peterson. He write. I think we just heard from Michael. He's a great episode, 314. Funny thing is... I have a bunch of friends. I'm in a golf league, blah, blah, blah. However, I have very few that are crazy about pinball like me. I plan on going to Expo with a buddy. We should grab a beer and play some pinball. One more thing. I believe we are in the beginning of an all-time high of pinball. I don't think people realize this. My hope is that the younger generation grows loving pinball. It seems like the hobby is flooded with old-timers. I'm 44, so not an old-timer, but no young buck either. I try my best to get friends and family to embrace the hobby. Keep doing what you're doing, brother, Mike. All right. Okay, Mike, thank you for that. I think it's great. Um, here's the deal. Here's the deal. And, I, and then we're going we're gonna to stop this podcast before we hit an hour. Pinball is not going to be that popular 10 years from now. It's not going to... It's Every year, it's going to... Uh, we have a few more golden years for sure. I, I, I think with all these companies putting pinball out there it's going to be fine the younger generation is not going to carry the torch they're they're just not the 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 amount of young people out there that are into pinball is is few and far between you you when you go to the shows when you look at who's actually like on the forums it's not they don't have the next generation and they won't and they don't care and as much as we talk all the time about pinball the reason they don't care is it's an old thing. It's a very old toy. It, it is archaic to them. You know, even though we think that pinball's innovated, it still feels like something from the 80s that old sort of men are still into. And, and that's that. The, the, what's coming down the road for these younglings with video games and AR and VR and, and all the different stuff, you know, instant gratification kind of games, they don't see the appeal in these games. And I know what you guys are saying. See, those of you who listen to this show, you, um, you, you have kids who have grown up with pinball in the house. And so it's hard for you to look at this objectively because you're gonna be like, my kids love pinball, but that's not the point. The point is that millions and millions and millions of people play Fortnite. Millions and millions and millions of people play Red Dead. Only a few thousand play the newest pinball machine. It's very, very niche. Uh, And it's now very, very expensive. And I don't know about what news outlets you're reading, but last time I checked, 
Most young people are coming out of college with tons of debt, tons of student loans, jobs are harder to get, cities are becoming really expensive. Uh, the point at which these people can say, hey, I'm gonna go buy a pinball machine, it, that's not happening anytime soon. And I know there's barcades popping up and more pinball things popping up, but look who's driving it all. It, it is done by people who are between 40 and 60, who are now in the prime earning of their careers, and that is why we're seeing this resurgence now. But it's still a long way away from where pinball used to be, in which Adam's fan, family sold 20,000. I mean, pinball was, when the arcade, when the arcade scene was around, pinball was still like four to five times bigger than it will ever be again. And, and again, I'm curious to see how long it can last. Uh, I, 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 it can't last forever, and it won't last forever. Uh, but it's a good time to be in it. Uh, but I, this whole notion of making pinball to get the next generation into it is just a futile effort. It, it really is. It, it's not. It'll never. It'll never be that way. You know, it's really, really difficult to understand that for a lot of people. And, and again, because it's a very much like a niche enthusiast thing. It's also like you have a whole generation of people who are growing up who want to live in cities. That you know what else they don't like? They don't like cars. They look at how car sales are doing. The future of like enthusiast cars looks really bleak. Uh, in, in 20, 30 years, you won't even be able to drive your car around the street if you have like a muscle car. You're going to be relegated to a track. It's the same way people can't ride a horse down the street, even if they have one. They have to have like private tracks to do it on. So I, I would love to see pinball gravitate, you know, or sorry, like attract more young people. It's just, it's just come on, like. Look how they grow up. Look what they have in front of them. It, 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 it's, it's old, it's boring, it's confusing to most. And, and that is how I think they look at it, all right? All right, any final thoughts on this episode 315 of Canada's Pinball Podcast? Um, not really. I think you guys enjoyed 314. I told you why I loved pinball. I still love pinball. Uh, but I expect a lot. I expect a lot in 2019. And I think the place to be right now is just on the sidelines. Just wait to see what comes out. I don't understand. Like, that's the thing. I'm just confused. This need to buy. And I see people selling their Munsters Pros with 200 plays. And all these people I know bought the Munsters LE without even playing it. I, I, I think a lot of you, a lot of you are going to be disappointed. I do. Not not just like, it's not, not necessarily the game. I, I just think the time of buying and seeing if you like it when it's in your house and you're not going to lose much. I, I, you're going to start losing more and more. It's also going to be harder and harder to find people to buy these games used. It, it just is because I, I think if you're smart in 2019, you wait. You wait. There's no point. I mean, they're making Stern Pros forever. Why would you rush in and buy a pro of anything nowadays? Like, wait to see. Wait to see what the final code is. Wait to see if it's good. Wait to see what people say. To, to have one of the first ones of a new pinball machine has absolutely no appeal to me at all. I, 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 because they'll just make it forever. I don't know, that just seems like, that's just what's inside my head. I don't know what's inside your head. It's also the last thing these manufacturers want you to do is behave that way. They want you to get on the hype train and buy, 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 buy without thinking. Is it worth it? Should I buy it? Am I going to like it? No, no, buy it, buy it. Come on, buy it. It's got good art. Come on, buy, trust us, buy it. It's, it's, it's code .90. It's, it's almost done. Buy it, buy it, buy it. No, I'm not. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see what Willy Wonka's like. I'm going to see what Deep Root has. I'm going to see what... Yellow Brick Road is. I'm going to wait. Batman will not be here 
by the end of the year. doesn't mean I'm going to sell Batman. I'm thinking about it. I might put it somewhere else. There will be a new game in my home by the end of the year, and we'll see what it's going to be. There's gonna, fuck, we're going to have a chance to buy Magic Girl by the end of the year. All right, We're going to have a chance to buy so much new stuff. So I would just wait. They don't want you to wait. Get on the hype train. Buy it now. Go on Pinside and then be like, hey, I got 20 plays. It's for sale for 4800 bucks." Nope, not for me. Everyone, have a great day. Talk to you later.